Hello and welcome back to another shorty episode of the Live Label Free Podcast. I have a bit of a sore throat and stuffy nose at the moment, so if I sound raspy and congested, that is why. I was kind of freaking out this morning and thinking, oh, but the episode won't be perfect now and now I have to wait till my sore throat is gone and all that. And then I was like, Screw that. Because it's not going to be perfect, it's even more of a reason to record right now. So here we are with another episode in which you'll learn how to tell whether a behavior is stemming from the autism or from the eating disorder. But before we get into that, I want to give you something, and that is my free audio training, Three Steps to Recovery from an Eating Disorder as an Autistic Person. As someone who was diagnosed with an eating disorder at 11 years old and spent almost my entire life in and out of treatment without success, I know firsthand how hopeless the recovery process can feel. It wasn't until I discovered that I am autistic at the age of 20, so nearly a decade after being diagnosed with an eating disorder, that my entire life, including why past treatments had failed, made sense. I was finally allowed to be my full self with all my sensitivities and all my preferences without it being tied to an eating disorder. Yes, I do enjoy eating with certain utensils, having my food be a certain temperature, and knowing what's on the menu before going out to a restaurant. For years, I was told that these were all quote-unquote eating disorder behaviors, and so, for years, I tried to fight these behaviors. But can you guess what happened? The more I tried to fight, the very thing that was actually the underlying reason I got an eating disorder in the first place being autistic, the more I clung to my eating disorder. That is why it is so important people do become more aware about autism and its link to eating disorders because when you become aware of your traits and characteristics and fully embrace the unique human that you are, you can tailor your recovery to your specific wants and needs. In my free audio training, I dive a bit deeper into my personal story to recovery and how my autism discovery was actually the key to going from quote-unquote in recovery to fully recovered and I guide you through three steps to give you the clarity and confidence you need to use your autistic traits to your advantage rather than have them hinder you. One of the biggest misconceptions I hear about eating disorder recovery is that it's harder for an autistic person to recover because this could not be further from the truth. Full recovery from an eating disorder will simply look different for an autistic person and that's because our brains are different. But that's also the very thing that makes you beautiful and that makes you unique just like your life will be when you are fully recovered. To get on that path and go through what's literally a 45-minute private coaching session with me on demand, simply head over to livelabelfree.com forward slash free dash audio training. So that's livelabelfree, like the name of this podcast, dot com forward slash free dash audio training. And you'll gain instant access to the training in which I guide you through three steps you can take today to make immense progress on your journey to full recovery. And with that said, let's get into today's episode. 
Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast where we talk about all things eating disorder recovery, autism, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I'm your host, Livia Sarah, and my mission is to inspire individuals from across the globe to live a life in which they feel fulfilled and free from limiting labels. I am so excited to have you here and cannot wait to dive into the episode. So when it comes to recovery from an eating disorder as an autistic person, how can you tell if a specific behavior is coming from the eating disorder or is simply an autistic trait? This can be really tricky because like I mentioned a bit earlier, eating disorder behaviors are often rooted in autistic traits. To give some examples, is eating the same foods every day an autistic desire for sameness or is it the eating disorder's way to restrict? Does difficulty with weight gain reflect autistic difficulty with change, or is it rooted in the eating disorder's fear of fatness? Is looking at the menu before going to a restaurant an autistic way to reduce overwhelm, or is it a way for the eating disorder to plan the quote-unquote healthiest option? Obviously, these are only a mere three examples of oh so many quote-unquote ED behaviors that could just as well be autistic traits. And I'm actually super excited because I do have an episode coming up in which I'll be sharing 13 eating disorder behaviors that are actually autistic traits. And if you're wondering why 13, I'm going to reveal that in the upcoming episode because it's going to be a special bonus episode. So definitely subscribe wherever you are watching or watching, oh my god, (laughs) wherever you are watching or listening to be the first to hear about that. Anyways, my answer to this question about knowing the difference between whether a behavior is truly an eating disorder behavior or is simply an autistic trait comes down to intention. I talked about intention quite a bit in my recent episode, Do All Foods Really Fit? So I definitely recommend giving that a listen if you want to learn more about what food freedom really means for someone who's fully recovered. But in short, being intentional about your actions comes down to one core question. And that question is, Am I coming from a place of love or am I coming from a place of fear? When we are coming from a place of love for ourselves, it usually aligns with our autistic preferences. So in the restaurant example, if you know that looking at the menu will reduce your overwhelm and will actually make it easier to challenge yourself so that you can plan a challenge meal ahead of time, you're coming from a place of love because you can practice something you want to get better at. But when you are coming from a place of fear, on the other hand, it's most likely rooted in the eating disorder. So if you were looking at the menu beforehand just so that you could have time to plan out the quote-unquote healthiest or lowest calorie option or to figure out ways in which you would need to compensate or deserve that meal out, this would all be because you're afraid of weight gain or simply giving yourself permission to honor your hunger and cravings. Just as I always preach this idea of shifting your focus to living your life rather than focusing solely on recovery, because the purpose of recovery isn't recovery, the purpose of recovery is to live your life. In the case of differentiating between your autism and your eating disorder, it is so much more constructive to be proactive in your intentions rather than reactive in 
where something is coming from. So if you are being really intentional with your actions in the sense that they are in alignment with the life you want to live, you will naturally start coming from a place of love and you will begin to embrace your full self. It's when we come from a place of fear and restriction because we don't trust or don't believe our dream life is possible for us that we take actions that are not in alignment with the life we want to live. It's these actions that are governed by the eating disorder, meaning you're no longer the intentional one behind the steering wheel. And that's exactly how I want to leave you today is by saying that you are the driver of your own life, the creator of your own reality, and you always get to choose to take the wheel and steer your car in whatever direction you want it to go. Sometimes you'll take a wrong turn and sometimes you'll get lost and sometimes you'll need to take a break and stop for gas and give the car a rest. But the thing is, at every single moment, you are in charge. The eating disorder thoughts may come up like annoying, impatient honkers when you don't immediately accelerate at a green light. But just like with those annoying, impatient honkers, you get to choose to disengage and you get to choose to Engage with the thoughts of love and positivity. Asking myself this intention question allows me to distinguish my autism from diet culture to this day, so I have no doubt it will help you in your own life all the same. And that's all I have for you today, my friend. If you enjoyed this shorty episode or got even just a smidge of value from it, please subscribe wherever you are watching or listening and leave a five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. Now that I've written a book and have decided to fully shift the focus of Live Label Free to bridging the gap between eating disorder recovery and neurodiversity, I want to bring on more experts, other authors, and other individuals that have lived experience with an eating disorder while being unknowingly neurodivergent. The more ratings and reviews this podcast has, the easier it is for me to bring on amazing guests, which ultimately will make this podcast a better resource for you. So seriously, because I know your time is so valuable, I would so appreciate it if you could just take two minutes out of your day to rate and review the podcast. I read all of the reviews and they're honestly one of the main reasons I keep showing up and keep pressing record. Thank you again and I will catch you in the next episode where my throat and congested nasal voice will hopefully be gone. (laughs) So bye bye for now.